Blog Talk Radio. Good day, Beatles fan, and welcome to another episode of I Saw the Beatles. This week, we're talking with Connie Pontero. Did I get that right, Connie? Yes. Pontero? Yep. I'll, I'll, there's, a, there's Italian in me. I've tried my best here. I hope that's <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Connie had the pleasure of seeing the Beatles when she was just 10 years old. Uh, it was a surprise that she went to see the Beatles. It wasn't, you know, of her, her asking, but she got there. Hi, Connie. How are you doing? Jennifer, so nice to meet you. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad to be talking with you and, and getting your story out to everybody. So how did you come across tickets to go see the Beatles? When you were well, my father old? worked for, he was the manager of the Capitol Theater in New York at the time. And he got mm-hmm. lots of free tickets from things. And um, it was um, in the middle of the week. It was 1965, August 15th, I think. And um, he just called and said, do you want to go see the Beatles? And I was like, yes. You know, I was 10. And he had two extra tickets. And believe it or not, we couldn't find anyone to go with us. You've got to be kidding. I know. Because, again, I was 10. The Beatles, people, we knew of the Beatles, but it wasn't – you know, I guess because of the age range, I couldn't get any of my little friends to go. I had three older brothers. They were all off at school, um, and they weren't around. And so it was just my father and I going off to Shea Stadium, and it is something I will never, ever forget. And I guess your your dad never thought of scalping those, right, out front? No, 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 no. <laughs> he was in the business. They, no, he just turned down the other tickets. Oh, he turned them down. So, so somebody probably did eventually end up with them. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. You know, they were in the business. You know, everyone was offering each other tickets right. for whatever shows they mm-hmm. were um, doing. So it was just um, the two of us going off. Wow. Where did you live at the time? I lived in Long Island in Glen Cove. My father okay, worked so, in New York City. Okay, so you were you were right there. I was yeah, right there. I was right there. And my father, it was a work day. He came home, picked me up. So off we went. He was, I'll never forget, he's in his business suit. And mm-hmm. he takes me, I'm 10, and there we go with 55,000 other people. First of all, I've never seen that many people. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I had no idea what I was going into. And you're looking no- at belly button the whole time in the crowd. Yeah, and my father had no idea. I mean, really, this, you know, obviously Frank Sinatra, you know, women were screaming and all that kind of stuff, but this was so different, and people just did not know what to expect. It was unbelievable. Now, now, uh, do 10-year-olds get all dressed up and do their hair for Beatles concerts in 1965, or you just, you know, No, they don't. They go as 10-year-olds, and I don't know, I was probably a hot mess. But I will tell you, my, my, my memory is 
the girls around me. I mean, again, I was 10, so what were they, 15, 16, 18, 14, and they had beehives, and they, they had flips, and there was hairspray, and they had nails with, the girl in front of me had nails with question marks and exclamation points, and I mean, and they were dressed, and they had like short skirts on and boots, and it was, I had never, I was just really, I was like, wow, I was so <laughs> I was so enthralled with all of it. But and you're, no, you're I don't think I had your old birthday party. That's a big event at 10. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, just be in this kind of atmosphere. You're like, this is teenagers. This is what it's this like is, to be a teen. Yes. This is what you <laughs> long to be. I was like, wow. I couldn't believe it. And my father, I'm telling you, he shook his head. He was like, what did I get myself? He had no idea. He had no idea what he was walking into. And he was just, he was a good sport. He was a had great guy. Watching, he, had he been out watching TV and hearing yeah, about he had, he had, And he, he was in the business, the theater business, and he had a lot of mm-hmm. stars coming into the, into the theater and stuff. But really, this was a magnitude that nobody really knew that it would be. I now mean, where, it was crazy. Yeah, where, where were your seats? Do you remember? You know, somewhere in the middle. They were pretty good. But here's the deal. Everyone is standing up and screaming so loud. You know, my 10-year-old, I thought I was going to hear, I want to hold your hand, and I was going to hear something. You couldn't hear anything because it was deafening. It was deafening screaming. And I kept leaning over to my father, and I kept saying, hey, Dad, I can't hear them. He's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I mean, all you heard was screaming and crying. I think that was it. I was like, I didn't know why they were crying. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to 10-year-olds. You know what I mean? Again, I, I was just, you know, I was 10, and I was like, wow, they're screaming and crying, but nobody can hear the music. <laughs> and they were singing. Now, but, yeah, you know. I would assume they were all on their feet, too, right? Oh, yeah, they were on. I mean, you had to stand on your chair because everyone was on their chair. Right, I and, mean, and you're 10 years old, so you're probably a little shorter than everybody else, too. <laughs> I think people were standing. I was on my chair just to get above them, yes. And, yeah, and I, it was crazy. So you could see them, though. Oh, I could see them. Oh, yeah. No, we could. We had pretty good seats. We could see them. They weren't like little specks. I mean, we definitely could see them. Um, and um, you know, they came out in a car, and then they they brought them out. And I I don't think that the concert honestly was very long. Um, but the best part, the best part, which I will never forget, is you know, kids are screaming and crying and fainting all over the place. Mm-hmm. But there were kids, I think, on the outside edge that would climb the fence, jump over, throw themselves over, and try to, you know, run for the stage. And that was the best part because it was who was going to get there first, you know, the police or, or the kids. And it was, like, constant. Uh, obviously, they always – the Beatles were safe. They, they were – you know, people were around them and stuff. But it was – I don't think they had seen that before. I mean that, yeah. that it was pretty insane. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what I would have enjoyed at the time was just watching that since you can't really hear the concert and you kind of see these little specks moving on stage, you know, and you know if you go home you can put an album on and you can hear them that way, but yeah, right. I think the the entertainment value seems like it was all in the audience. No, and by the way, I don't even know if yeah, I don't even know if we've mentioned that this is Shea Stadium, by the way. And, Shea know. Stadium in New York in uh, 1965. I think it was right. August 15th. And there were 55,000 right. people there. 
So, so when you when you left the show, I mean, what is your thought as you're driving home? Are you just like shrugging your shoulders, like, well, okay? Or are you? <laughs> no, I think I think you know the my father bought me a um, a beetle pen, uh-huh. which I still have. Um, you know, it's really the basics, the Beatles, you know, with their names and, you know, it's so, it's so tame. It's so, so sweet. And I'm not a saver. It's not like, and I saved everything. I'm not a saver. I put it, I didn't even think I knew it was there. My mother was a saver and mm-hmm. it must've been in some drawer. My parents' house went through a fire <laughs> and believe it or not, this still made it through. So it has a little you, bit you of uh, fire marks on it. Yeah, it's funny how many people, you know, there must have been a lot of fires in the <laughs> 60s and 70s, because I hear that a lot, that, well, it all burned up in a fire. <laughs> I'm just like, is this, was everybody, you know, it must have been because everybody was smoking in the house. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe construction values weren't as uh, <laughs> good as they are today. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of people lost their stuff to fires, the Beatles <laughs> stuff. I hear that a lot. Um well. Yeah, so so and then, you know, so so you know, you, what are you thinking going home? I mean, you know, I I think you're just like, wow, and you try to tell your friends. Mm-hmm. And again, things don't transfer when you're 10 as much. But you're mm-hmm. trying to tell your friends the excitement of it and 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 your mom, my mom about the excitement of it and 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 what we did and I know my dad and I discussed it all the way home. But I was definitely in the moment. It wasn't like, oh, ho-hum. I mean, it was like you knew you were – I had never seen that many people. I had never seen Mm -hmm. that kind of situation. And Mm -hmm. it was – you knew you were in the middle of something. You didn't know what, but you Mm -hmm. knew you were in the middle of something. I I really have to say that that is how I felt. Mm -hmm. Does it ruin ruin you for other concerts later on in life? Do you think? Or no? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, because I think they're all, no, I think you go in, um, you know, with a, like, wow, with a wonder. I'm not a big concert junkie, so it's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, and I've seen hundreds of people in concert. Uh, No, but I think it's all, it's all good. I mean, it's, you know, I'm always, always support anybody that gets up and shows up in front of people to do what they were put here to do. So, no, I don't think it, I don't think it jades you in any way. Mm Yeah. So, so you have another story that just happened ten years ago. You had a job at the Oscars. What year was this? You know, you I think you? it was probably fifteen years ago. Um, uh, and I was working backstage. Um, they have a lot of people that help out um, uh, to get everyone from place to place to place because there's a lot of, you know. Uh, the stage is big, and, and just to keep um, everyone together. And I was in charge of Cirque du Soleil that year, and that was like herding cats. They were all <laughs> over, you know, always off smoking because most of them are Russian and stuff. Uh, anyway, um, and um, Sir Paul McCartney was there, and he was presenting. And I think he was presenting, and he was back in a back um, um, little dressing room, green room, and I got a chance to meet him and say hello. And that's about all I said. Hello, nice to meet you. Because, because <laughs> at that point, you're like, what do I say? You know, I mean, yeah. there, there's nothing you can really say other than hello. It was, he was very sweet to meet a lot of us and say hello and, and all that kind of stuff. He seemed very nice. And, um, you know, 
But you got that to meet him. My, what? But you got to meet him. I did get to meet him. And, and I did you say, shake his hand? Did you hug him? No, 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 no hug. I think we did shake hands. He was very, very nice, and he looked pretty great. So that was yeah. 15 years ago. What is he, 80? Now uh, He's two years older than me, so he's... <laughs> I don't want, he's not 80 because <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, Cause that's John how Lennon I remember. just turned 80 this week. Yeah. That's how I remember. He would be, he would be six, uh, 78. He's 78. Okay. Close. Okay. So hey, he was looking pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So was, was Nancy there? Was, was that, was that before Nancy? I'm trying to think that might've been in between wives. I don't yeah. remember how long no, he's he was married. by himself. There was no one else there. I mean, there might have been an entourage and stuff, but I don't remember anyone. (laughs) I guess when you get in a room with Paul McCartney. I think you're just like, hello. You know, you're trying to keep yourself, you're trying to keep a little bit of cool and a little bit of composure so you're not a babbling idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so (laughs) I just said hello and I scurried on. I was like, oh, my God. Called my husband. yeah, he might remember the babbling idiot, though. You know, you want to do something that makes <laughs> makes them remember right. you. Remember me? You're, I'm the bab- right. I'm the babbling idiot. <laughs> I I think I've finally finally gotten to that point in my life where you know I might as well just piss them off because it's it's not like they're going to invite me over for dinner. That's true. You know? That's and true. Me, you know that might be why I, I have trouble meeting stars. Stars don't like me. Famous people don't like me. Their bodyguards will shoo me off within twenty yards of them. I don't <laughs> really? know. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't get near near famous people anymore. I just. I just, I just find it comical. So the fairy. That's probably one of the reasons why I admire the fact that you know anybody can get near Paul McCartney and get near famous people and just walk up to them and have civil conversations. Whereas if I even you know look at them side, you know, with a side glance, you know, their bodyguards are pushing me away. (laughs) (laughs) Give that aura of of weirdness or creepiness. I don't know. I don't, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's something about me. I I don't, I really, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't figured it out yet, but it's now gotten to a point in my life where it's just become comical and it's almost like I, I try to, now I try to encourage it. I think I poke the bear. Yeah, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's the specialness of you. Yeah, I'll get into, I'll get famous for being the person that's, you know, (laughs) gets dragged away. But see, you, you managed to get into, uh, get a job at working at the Oscars, you know. And, yeah, that's really, that's really impressive. I mean, I could scare a lot of famous people there. (laughs) See, that's why I got the job and because I said hello. And you didn't because you would have scared them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost we've lost I've lost control of the interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite Beatle, Connie? Oh, I always had to be Paul. Was it Definitely. was it when you were ten years old? Oh yeah. You were you I were, thought he was the were, cutest. I mean I like yeah. them all but I yes, I always liked Paul. I was a Paul yeah, girl he, from from day one. Yeah, he's 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 my my favorite too. Yeah. Um, anyway, Connie, it's <laughs> sorry I lost track. I went off on a <laughs> okay. tangent there. <laughs> now, now you'll never invite me to LA. Um, <laughs> um, but thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure, and I absolutely adore your story. And uh, good luck with. Thank you. Same to you. 
everything you do in life and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. That's it for this week's episode. Come back next week for another episode of I Saw the Beatles.